welcome to Herd Nerds. I'm Desi Sakali, and we're here to introduce you to the Triple Crown Steak Challenge. I have a great panel of guests this evening. Dr. Ariel Belk from Auburn University, graduate student Abby, Abby Gregorian. <laughs> what is wrong me? Abby, Abby. Abby. <laughs> Abby. Abby. Why do I do that? You're jumping ahead of yourself because you're freaking out about my last name. I know it. <laughs> you can say you can say Abby K if you want. Okay. That's fine. Hi. Welcome to Herd Nerds. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Bloopers. Hi, welcome to Herd Nerds. I'm Desi Sakali, and we're here to bring you the Triple Crown Steak Challenge. And I have the guest, great guest tonight, Dr. Ariel Belk from Auburn University and the two Abbies. Hi, my name is Abby Krikorian. I'm a graduate student at Auburn University under the provision of Dr. Belk. Hi, my name is Abby Boger, and I'm an undergraduate at Auburn in animal science with a minor in agribusiness. So, Dr. Belk, would you like to talk a little bit about what the Triple Crown's been like this year at Auburn? Yeah, thank you, Desi. We're really excited to have the opportunity to work with the Triple Crown State Challenge this year at Auburn. Um, as you all know, we've had the opportunity to use a lot of different technologies and tools to bring you really cool data about the stakes you sent us. We're going to have some tenderness analyses where we're using a shear force machine that's measuring the amount of physical force it takes to cut a stake. Um, and we'll also have some sensory data so we can see how people actually perceive that when they bite into it. We'll have some analysis of the flavor and odor compounds that you smell when you cook the meat. Uh, we'll also have the fatty acid profile for you and grades taken two separate ways, both with certified USDA graders and grading cameras. So lots of cool things. Um, and in addition to having all of these cool analyses that we've been able to do, this has been really good for Auburn as well. We've gotten the opportunity to bring in a lot of really cool people to speak to us, the team that's been running it, as well as some of my other students, my undergraduate students that are interested in meat science. And I think it's really done a great job showing them how many options and careers there are available in the field of meat science and uh, really ranching and cattle raising in general. So that's that's what we've been up to the last few months. We're going to show you the stakes that have been entered in the Triple Crown. They'll be in the background while we talk. So you'll be able, well, they'll be to the side. So you'll be able to see them. And uh, this year we had uh, some wonderful stakes and uh, I enjoyed the USDA being here. And in our next uh, up and coming podcast, we're going to show you the USDA actually grading these steaks. And um, we're just going to keep uh, having several podcasts where we're going to bring you some different speakers. Dr. Belk's even going to do a podcast on how important it is uh, to make sure that your carcass is chilled correctly because that will help determine your tenderness. 
I've really enjoyed working at Auburn University. They are so professional and their students are just wonderful. I've enjoyed working with the girls and the guys too. And you'll be meeting more students as we go along in the podcast and see your stakes as it goes through the transition of finding out who the Triple Crown winner is. Yeah, we uh, have been busy at work with um, analyzing all these different stakes, all these different entries. It's been really interesting to interact with, like you said, all these different professionals that we've been able to host here at Auburn um, to help analyze these stakes. And recently we just finished up our some of our tenderness tests that we were able to run on these beautiful stakes, such as the Warner Brat Shear Force and Slice Shear Force. And it's been really interesting to see just from figures of looking at these different peaks um, and how, you know, these are making peaks that are a little bit smaller than what we would originally see on a regular Angus steak or whatever we're testing on. So I'm excited to see that raw data be analyzed and to give us some figures and how we can compare those to get the best winning steak. Yeah, but Abby, don't you think people want their stakes to have a higher peak, not a lower peak? So a great point to make is when we are looking at these different stakes and running these different tests on them, we want these peaks to show up at a lower level because the lower the force that we have, the lower the peak is, which means that we have a more tender stake that we are observing than a more tough stake that would have a higher peak which would have a higher force to take that bite into it. So it'll be really interesting to see what those look like numerically when we get to analyze that raw data. And I'm excited to see what those results come up with. And we'll have a podcast of that uh, with all showing you all of the data from the stake um, tenderness uh, correlations, and we will explain it in depth. Sheer force is pretty fun. You can picture like a guillotine, right? Like old school French revolution, except for what we're measuring is the amount of force it would take to cut through a steak instead of chopping off someone's head. Yes. <laughs> to, to use that. Yes, it, it is though. It looks just like the meat's right there. and whoosh, It goes down and uh, with the force of what it would take to slice uh, through that steak. Yes, and in a um, either a separate video or whatever format it is, we do have some more explanation on just what we did, a little bit more in-person representation of the process that we took to get those values. So those will all be available to you soon. And we are also going to show you some videos that we've made uh, individually uh, demonstrating the uh, stakes as they are being tested. And so you'll get to see your stakes and other people will get to understand the process of how the stakes are analyzed. And that will be coming to you. This is our first little podcast. So we're trying to move along and just introduce you to the stakes um, right now. And we also, uh, I brought Wagyu steaks in to the class so that students, I felt it was important for them to experience eating some Wagyu steaks. We had both F1 and full blood. So what, what did you think about that? Well, I mean, the numbers can speak for themselves, but honestly, what's going to, it's going to come down to in a grocery store is consumer perception. 
they were the most tender, most wonderful steaks I think I've ever had the privilege of eating. <laughs> not, that, not that Auburn beef is that that far behind, but in terms of just overall sensory quality of the steaks, you can tell a difference right away right in the preparatory stage to when you're cooking it to when you finally take that first bite, you can tell the difference. Um, and they always say fat is flavor and you don't really believe it until you try a Wagyu steak. Um, but it was such a unique and wonderful experience. And we're so thankful that we were able to do that. Yeah. And hopefully we can have some more here soon. And if y'all haven't tried Desi's famous salad as the side dish to go with your Wagyu, you're merely missing out. <laughs> Yeah, the salad, the salad's good. I think what we'll maybe do is a little Auburn cooking demo of a, <laughs> a meal we cook for the kids and then have them show the students eating. It, it really was a lot of fun to do that, and we had a good time. It was a good time. So... Yes. Um, do any of you want to talk about the uh, lab where they have the uh, the electronic nose and how that works? Because that's some really unique um, AI testing that I've never done in my six years. So I was really excited about being able to have the contestants get that uh, test done for their stay. Yeah, I think Abby Kay is really our expert in that because she actually took a whole semester long course in sensory analysis over in that lab. So she knows all of the ins and outs. Okay, tell us. I'll do my best to explain this. However, um, so the ENOS is really interesting because we are able, like Dr. Belk said earlier, we're able to measure the different volatiles that we can um, smell through a machine. And with this AI technology, we are able to measure all these different terms that could come up through this machine and we can put it on a chart to comparatively measure, you know, these different characteristics that we can pin a, a term to and compare that with each other. So maybe you have a piece of steak that, for instance, is more metallic smelling than the other. You'll see those different points show up on a graph separately, not together. And so with using that ENOS, we'll be able to not only measure what kind of volatiles that are being smelt by the machine, but we can also compare it to the other samples as well. So it'd be really cool to see that. Yes. And I've never been able to do that kind of testing. I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, all the different correlations we can do with that too. And especially with the tenderness. I'm Excited about that. And um, next week we have our sensory panel coming up and I, that's going to be really great. So uh, I'm going, well, I'll be there and we'll video it and, and uh, of course do a podcast on that as well. Yes. Yeah, we have very eager participants. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to say we, we basically have a waiting list of people who want to be on the panel because we can only fit 12. Yes. <laughs> very, very stuff. eager. <laughs> well, that's good. That's great. It's always great to have a lot of people wanting to help. <laughs> and um, also, um, I want to just say how dedicated these students were to helping me. I remember one weekend we had a shipment coming in that was late on a Saturday. 
And Abby B was actually there. Was it a sheep show you were helping it with? It was from a lamb and goat show. Lamb and goat show. And she she ran to the meat lab and made sure that when that FedEx truck got there, that we got a package on Saturday that had a late tracking number. So I'm so pleased to have such dedicated students helping us um, with our uh, tri triple crown. It, it was great that she was there. I really appreciate her doing that. Thank you for choosing us. Thank <laughs> you for trusting us doing this process with you. <laughs> yeah, it's been, um, uh, before that you, Wagyu came to Auburn University, did you see a lot of Wagyu meat? Not unless it was in restaurants that were mm -hmm. more standalone, so like different butcher wow. shops that you could go to or more sophisticated um, restaurants may have it on their menu seasonally or whenever they decide to put it on there. But it, it's definitely not a normal thing that you would see on the menu. We're right. mainly just Angus steak and pork chops. <laughs> right. And we do have Angus steaks in our um, competition this year. And, um, but they, they're in a separate category, but also, uh, I want to let you know that we took steaks from different boutique meat shops and, um, different places that said they sold Wagyu and we did DNA testing on those and it will be exciting to see what comes back, um, for our results of those tests and, um, I do that every year and I always talk about, you know, the good, um, this is stores who come back with the, the analysis exactly as what they're selling. And, uh, but I think what you'll enjoy in our next and up and coming podcast is really going to be USDA. It's going to open your mind to how they look at, at your meat and also, they're going to teach us how to tell just by looking at a ribeye what rib that steak is from. And I, I'm very excited to, to share that with you. It was a learning experience for me, too. And the dedication they had was really, uh, I just appreciated them coming so much. And a sharing with the class, too, like Dr. Belk said, that was a a lot of fun and we had a lot of kids stay out. I keep saying kids, everybody's a kid when you get my age. <laughs> the students uh, stayed after class to ask questions, which I thought was really great showing that they were very in, into it. So. They were lining up to ask questions. It was amazing. Yeah, I know. Oh, and we did um, carcass camera grading. And they got to see the two cameras on the market, both the MIJ represented by my, me and Meat Imaging. <laughs> and we also brought in the MEQ camera, the new camera on the market. And they got to use it. So we're trying to let everybody see how much technology is out there and everything available to help show beef quality in the carcasses. Yeah, that was really funny because I've been teaching my students some of the different ways we measure meat quality, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, you can be a you can be a meat grader and you can sit there and look at it and compare it to the cards, or if you're really good, it's just in your head. But or you know, you can use these giant cameras we have. And you have to take the cameras and they're on like a cord and put them over it. And I'm explaining him this to them, and then Desi comes in with the camera that's attached to a cell phone and it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, well, what am I even doing then? <laughs> 
Yeah, and it, uh, you know, every day the technology is getting better and better. So uh, yeah. we want to keep up with it and stay with it, and bring yeah. it and bring it to you, our listeners, and uh, and show you all the latest out there. Uh, also, uh, we are going to have um, Dr. Smith do uh, about forage, and he's great on nutrition. And then we're going to have the fatty acids completely explained on our podcast. And because a lot of people get confused about what the actual fatty acids mean, uh, there are so many of them in a total fatty acid um analysis. And so that's going to, I think this year is going to be great to be uh, helpful to our contestants and to people that just want to learn about what these tests say about your beef. Mm -hmm. To put that in a nutshell, right? We're breaking your meat down into its molecular components. We're going to tell you the molecules that make the aroma. We're going to tell you the fat molecules that make it taste so much different than other beef and why that Wagyu can deposit so much more. And we're going to tell you, you know, the molecular structures that are breaking up to make it more tender. You guys are all going to be scientists by the end of this. That's right. Plus, you know, your feed impacts your fatty acid profile. So that's going to be a great way to tell if your feed is working for you. And, uh, and then, uh, you, you know, you'll get all the data as well. So we're, we're just very excited and I'm so glad to be at Auburn uh, to do this. And we're looking forward to even expanding uh, the things that we are going to correlate for next year and do a little project. Yeah, so you were talking, Desi, about if we'd ever tried Wagyu or if we see it a lot in this area. Here in Auburn, well, I started working at the meat lab about two years ago, and now on Fridays, you'll always find me out on the sales floor with Abby Kay. Um, but I never noticed it being a huge commodity here. Um, what I've noticed both in your regular grocery stores and places like the Auburn Meat Lab, it's all Angus Cross, and it's nowhere near the same level of quality. You can get a really nice ribeye off of um, some of our Auburn cows, but Again, going back to customer perception and just visuals and scents and even down to packaging, it makes all the difference when you compare that Wagyu ribeye to that Angus Cross ribeye. Um, and I was really excited that we got to not only expose other students to it, but expose myself because I get a lot of questions about it. <laughs> and I get a lot of questions also, and I think Dr. Smith will talk a little bit more about this, but um, the difference between grass and grain fed, if you can actually tell a difference, and I'm not going to get into that now, but um, as a whole. Oh, yeah, we have plenty of time to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Abby, the, the beef you're talking about that we sell in the meat lab and that we have here at Auburn, those animals, we raise them as from scratch, right, from calves yeah. here at Auburn University. So the beef unit at Auburn University don't exactly quote me. I don't know how many head we have right now, but it's a your typical Alabama cow-calf operation. So right now you'll see all those calves out there and they'll be raised up and either um, sold at market or brought over to us at the meat lab. They're, they're usually, I believe the majority is black Angus cross. There's some Charlet cross and some red Angus crosses. Um, but all of them, not all of them, but all the ones that we slaughter come from the beef unit. Um, 
which is a really great opportunity, not just for, you know, students in the meat lab to learn, but also students in everything from repro to animal production. Um, pretty much it's all linked and it's a great opportunity to really watch the full production life cycle because within your four-year degree, you get to, you could technically pick a heifer or pick a steer and follow their whole life. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, for those of you who aren't on the video, <laughs> Abby's cat really wants to participate. He also has, <laughs> I think, some strong opinions on Wagyu. Yeah, she has strong opinions on Wagyu. <laughs> well, I think that we should have some Wagyu at Auburn. What do you think? I would love to see improvements in our genetics, personally. Yeah. I'm no expert by any I means. Um, but I think again, well, I, I, I certainly think that, um, Red Bull cattle company could, um, and, and, you know, we could do a study with red and black. I mean, we could make research out of yeah. it and it could be really great. So we are in the business of stay research. tuned for that one too. So I'm sure that's going to take place. Um, but I've, I've really enjoyed it. And, uh, is there anything else we want to say? What's really unique and really special about Auburn, in my opinion, is that within your four-year degree, you can pick a heifer or you can pick a steer and you can literally follow their entire life cycle, whether you want to be as dedicated as going up to the beef unit, but you're going to see them consistently throughout your entire education in animal sciences, in meat science, in your muscle foods class, in your reproduction class, in your production classes. And I think that that's a really great learning opportunity, not only to better the public perception and education about the beef industry, but also just as a learning opportunity for students as a whole. Um, and I think that everyone at least once should come see how it's really done and be an advocate for the beef industry. And I think Auburn so far has done a great job of being that proponent. And that brings to mind, isn't Auburn one of the few schools that actually has the um, has a land grant to keep the animals? Dr. Belk, how does that work? Yeah, Jesse, land grant universities were created by the Land Grants Act back in, I think, 1886. And as part of that, they basically gave funding for schools and institutions within most of the states in the United States to be able to go out and communicate with producers and other agriculturalists in the state and in the region. So Auburn, with our land grant mission, we do a lot of extension work, especially as relates to uh, beef production and forages work as in addition to many, many other things. And so there's actually three land grant universities in the state of Alabama. And I think most other states have one as well. I can tell you all of the schools that I have attended in my many years have been land grants, but it is really a really special opportunity and an important responsibility really to the state and to the country to, you know, most of our research, most of our work, it's it's funded by public funds, right? A lot of my research is being funded by the USDA or by consumer councils like Alabama Cattlemen or the National uh, Cattlemen's Beef Association. And so we have a responsibility to make sure we're then using that money for something that's actually useful for the people and that we're able to communicate that and give it back. So that's kind of our goal being a land grant institution. Um, one of the things that we've talked about though, Desi, that does make us a little unique is more and more these even land grant institutions, you know, they're in these bustling towns and small cities where 
the animals keep kind of getting pushed further and further out. So even though they have it, it's it's a little bit more of a drive to kind of get to where you can see them. And, you know, the students maybe can't just walk over. But at Auburn, we're lucky enough that we still have cattle right there in the middle of the city. And so even, you know, we'll get calls from people who are just driving by and see the cattle and want to know what's going on. It, it really helps with the public interactions and the perceptions that Abby B was talking about. And it makes it a lot easier on all of us. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I was, I mean, it's a hop, skip and jump to the, uh, to the meat lab and to see the cows and see the cattle. And it's really neat. Yeah. And we, we, have will have, we will have Wagyu out there yeah. as, soon as, as soon as you're ready. Yeah, we have we have one student who's always on his, taking his electric scooter out there, so it's really <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you, and we will send you a link and let you know when our next podcast is. Bye.